copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 109. Be on the lookout for Jules Rubin, described as white American, age 26 years, 168 pounds. This man is suspected of stealing a valuable diamond brooch from Polly Moran, the moving picture actor. That's all. Santa Claus? Who? Santa Claus. Better known as the Rio Grande Oil Company. How come? What do you mean? Well, Santa Claus is always giving something to somebody, and it seems to me the Rio Grande Oil Company plays Santa Claus the year round. For example? Well, Rio Grande gives the public his Calling All Cars program free. So what? And they give away a free publication every month, the Calling All Cars News, to anyone who comes into a Rio Grande station. And uh, giving away junior detective outfits free to thousands of boys and girls. Give me more. And Rio Grande G-Gas gives the motorists the first guaranteed quality gasoline in the low-price market. Now, now, I know the rest. Don't tell me. And Rio Grande cracked gasoline gives more power, more speed. And it gives more economical miles. Don't forget that. I wasn't going to forget it. I was going to say it. And also that Rio Grande Cracked is the only gasoline that gives you police car performance. Hey, wait a minute. Who's giving this announcement? You or I? Rio Grande gives gasoline the most elaborate and most costly refining process known to create cracked gasoline. Yet, it gives the extra benefits of this extra costly process to the motorist at no extra cost. And there's one more thing that you've given us, Santa Claus. Yes, what's that? A sales truck. And now it is our pleasure to present Keith James E. Davis of the Los Angeles Police Department, Keith Davis. Good evening, friends. The cooperation of law enforcement agencies, be they municipal, county, state, or national, is a vital necessity in our battle against crime. If every group of authorities seek only to cover themselves with glory and refuse to cooperate with other groups, then the criminal has a distinct advantage at every turn. The brilliant success of the Department of Justice G-Men in their spectacular battle against crime was helped at every turn of their work by the wholehearted cooperation of local authorities all over the country. Individuals in county and city who have faced their own desire for fame and publicity in their desire to see the criminal brought to justice. It is this sort of cooperation that your police department seeks to give. The story you are about to hear is an example of such tactics. Although the men under my command played a vital part in the capture of the Polly Moran jewel thief, still their part was only one of the cogs in the vast law enforcement machine, which, when it functions as smoothly as it did in this case, is tantamount to a federal police force. Thank you, Chief Davis. Ladies and gentlemen, calling all causes proud to present tonight, Miss Polly Moran, who will reenact. This the exciting predicament in which she found herself when she was robbed en route to Hawaii two years ago. Calling All Cars presents the Polly Moran Zoo of Robbery.
Oh, my wife told me not to take that last sight, Carl. Well, you'd better listen to it the next time. Yeah, I'm, I'm awfully sorry. Oh, no, that's all right, but if you don't mind, I'd like to get back to sleep. Hey, sure, sure. I'll call you a trouble. <laughs>
the low hot dog. Call in the line, Chris, visit after she's registered in the hotel or to the office of Chief of Police Gilbert in the Honolulu. She tells the chief her story. And frankly, I'm more convinced than ever that Mr. Rubin stole my pin. That man has a guilty conscience. Don't ask me why I'm so certain, but I am. Call it a woman's intuition or what you will, but I know Jules Rubin stole my pin. Well, Miss Lorraine, we certainly do everything in our power to get it back for you. We don't like visitors to the island if he was unhappy as you are. We'll bring this Mr. Rubin in here and see if we can't make him tell the truth. So I hope there won't be any hard feelings, Mr. Rubin. I I was sure I recognized you as the man who came into my stateroom last night. I guess I was wrong, and I I just want to apologize. That's a bad time. Well, yes, I guess it is. You realize, I suppose, that you ruin my vacation and make you an object of suspicion everywhere I go on this island? Yes, and I, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Rubin. I should think you would be. Well, I guess there's nothing more to say. No, not that I can think of. You said it all last night. Good afternoon, Miss Moran. Why, that, that dirty consistent... Come on, let's go out in that swell Hawaiian sunshine and cool off. Oh, I've never been so angry in my life. That beast, that boar. I tell you, Marty, I'm more positive than ever that he took it. I know that's the man that got my pin. Apparently, Mr. Ruby's trip was completely ruined by the accusations made against him. For when the Aloha sailed for Los Angeles the next day, he was aboard her for the return trip. Although under constant surveillance throughout the trip, he does nothing to speak. Nevertheless, he is just to have a reception committee upon his arrival in San Pedro. For the day before the Aloha is due to dock, he is a detective grocer of the Los Angeles Police Department, receives a cablegram which causes him to send for Captain Jack Trainer of the Fugitive Service. Captain Trainer assigns detectives Ian Erickson and J.S. Holmes to meet the Aloha and arrest Ruben on the station of robbery. Next morning, as the beautiful white liner rides at anchor in the outer harbor, the two detectives board her from a bobbing water capsule. A few minutes later, the first is pointing out Ruben to them. But the two officers agree that unless the Vienna slip, they will not arrest him until he sets foot in the Los Angeles city limits. That is, until he's on the dock. So it is, as Ruben picks his way down the gangplank, Erickson and Cone are close behind him. When he steps onto the dock, Under arrest, Ruben. Huh? Huh? Come along, Bradley. Arrested me for that Tony Moran piece, huh? But you're plotting up the wrong tree. They couldn't spit it on me in Honolulu, and you can't do it here. I'm innocent. Well, that's okay with us. If you're wanted at headquarters for questioning. Now, how about it? We have to handcuff you and drag you in. Now, take your hands off me, copper. I'll go along with you, all right. <laughs> Ruben is escorted bag and baggage to City Hall, and while his luggage is being thoroughly searched, Captain Trainer and the arresting officers question him in the cabin. But Ruben took to his story. Listen, boys, I'm getting sick and tired of this persecution. 
I don't know anything about that kind of part of my land, and she knows I don't. Why, she apologized to me for accusing me before I left the island. Well, how come you left so suddenly? On a 12 occasion I had there. Everybody in Hawaii was pointing at me and saying I'd fight the diamond pin. There was no sense in trying to enjoy myself in that atmosphere. What do you find in this bag, Justin? Nothing much. Clothes, jobless chest, but no diamond pin. What'd they tell you? Have you ever been arrested before? No, never. Well, then naturally, you won't object to being fingerprinted. I should say I will. You can't treat me like a common criminal. Fingerprints are a good thing, Mr. Rubin. You see, we'll just take a set of elimination prints and prove to ourselves that you've never been arrested before. That is, if you're telling the truth. I'm telling the truth, and I refuse to be fingerprinted. I demand a free and attorney. You're in a funny spot to be demanding things, Rubin. Now, you'll save us all a lot of trouble and excitement by coming into the next room with me and pronouncing the country, because whether you love it or not, that's exactly what I intend to do. Over Rubin's loud protest, he is indeed fingerprinted. And within half an hour, the letter was set. I tell you, Captain, you're hunting for a lot of trouble. When I get out of this, I'm going to burn you right. I'll slap a suit on you for false arrest at the same time that I shoot Polly Moran for defamation of character. I'm a respectable salesman, and I've never been mixed up in any crooked work. You see, you see. You know something? I just finished making a check. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, well, so you've never been in trouble before, huh, Ruben? According to these cards, you were arrested in 1923 for suspicion of robbery. How about that? Well, it was suspicion. It didn't prove nothing. I was just a punk kid, and I thought it would be smart to steal a dame's purse. But I gave it back, and she didn't prosecute. There's nothing to that, Pete. Oh? Well, how about the time in 1927 when you were accused of stealing an automobile in Lewis, New Jersey? That was all a mistake. Oh, a mistake. What do you mean? To steal the car? How much time did you say? Not a day. I tell you it was a mistake. Why don't you come clean and tell us where Paula Moran's kin is? She's a good friend of our department, and we want to get her kin back to her now. How about it? Say, I have my Paula Moran myself. I gotta know her pretty well on that trip to Honolulu. If I had a pin, I'd give it back to you. But I ain't got it, and I don't know where it is. Ruben, you're lying. Now, you listen to me, Captain. I know a thing or two about the law myself. You had your fun questioning me. You dug up a couple of charges against me ten years ago. But you can't prove I ever served it eight times. You've searched me, and you haven't found a pin. You haven't got a single piece of evidence against me, and you can't hold me on suspicion any longer. You've got to prove my guilt, and you haven't proved the thing. I'm going to walk through that door out of this joint of free man, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. Am I right? I'm afraid you are, Ruben. Ruben was right, and the officer knew it. Convinced, though he might be of Ruben's guilt, he could not hold him without evidence, and of evidence he had none. So Ruben goes free. But even as he's rolling in a transcontinental train, the net of the law is slowly closing in on him. The next morning, a New York City detective named Wesley Zuber points out an interesting news item to his partner, Detective Edward Orbacher, as they report for duty. Otto, take a look at this story in this morning's paper. What? Oh, this one here about Paul Moran having a diamond pin stolen from her on the steamship of Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I read it. What about it? Do you suppose that this guy the Los Angeles ditch had to let go is the bug he's been looking for for those steamship burglaries the past few months? How'd they like to hear that the guy who worked here at Atlantic in the Pacific? Well, I think it's worth a try. What are you going to do? 
Check those steamship lines of reported robberies and see if the name Jules Rubin appears on the passenger list. Days inquiry informs the officers that the main Jews region has appeared on six different passenger lists during the preceding three months. And on every boat on which Ruben has sailed, burglary had occurred. Suspicions definitely aroused, their bosses and people respect all schemes of companies operating on the west coast, the east coast, and the Great Lakes to report that one Jews region booked passage on any one of their boats. They had not long to wait, for within a week the phone rings on Jews' death. Detective Rowe, Gilbert speaking. Gilbert, this is the Hornbottle, County of the Planet, Marriott, and Chelsea. Yes? Have you requested information regarding one Jules Rubin? Yes. And Mr. Jules Rubin and wife have taken passage to New York tomorrow for the office of the president. When's he sailed? Uh, July tomorrow. Good. Is there a problem, Mr. Now, Mr. Rubin's going there for tomorrow on the Hamiltonian. And you're going to become his best friend on the trip, you lucky stiff. Well, that's well, but why don't you take the trip yourself? You better if that sort of thing. Well, that better. If I could, I'd I would. But I've got to appear in court on Monday and at my letter suit. But that's yours, Eddie. Stick to him and knock him over as soon as he pulls a job. <laughs> Ruben pulls no jobs on this voyage, and her daughter must remain content only to make the acquaintance and not the arrest of the gentleman. Back in New York once more, Juba and her daughter shadow Ruben and his wife to their hotel and leave the nearby room, install a dictaphone behind the gate, learn that Ruben is leaving the next day for San Francisco. The officer's watch him as he boards the westbound bus. Then he turns to the You think you ought to let him get out of town, Eddie? Sure, we haven't anything on him. Give him enough rope in your hand, sir. Yeah, but he won't be there to jerk the rope. Well, we'll do the next best thing. What? I'm going to get wires off to Batista Police in Buffalo, Detroit, Chicago, Omaha, Salt Lake City, San Francisco, and every other town for this house along the route that bus is taken. I'll get him with him to Skipton. Ask him to shadow him if he leaves the bus in their city. That boy doesn't know it, but he's going to have more police attention than the President of the United States on his time coming any trip. Telegrams go out and for nearly a week, there is no answer. Then the New York police headquarters come to reply. To Detective Lieutenant Edward Elbacher, New York Police Department, New York City. Your man arrived here by bus this morning, registered at the Golden West Hotel, went aboard the steamship Aloha, and the visitors passed this afternoon. Remained about a half hour. Then checked out a hotel and purchased a railway ticket to New York. Left Oakland here on eastbound train at 8.35 tonight. Inspector Thomas McNulty, San Francisco Police Department. On the board that eastbound train, on the ferries late one night. Oh, 
In Chicago, when Jules Dugan changes trains and boards the 20th Century Limited for New York, every move he makes is watched by railroad and city police.
While Reuben remains in the federal detention prison awaiting trial, the subject of their journeys left to recover some of the stolen property, among which is Miss Moran's throat. Finally, one day in November 1934, three months after Paula Moran's lucky throat disappeared, Detective Erbacher handed back to her in a dressing room in the Capitol Theater in New York while she is making personal appearance. I don't know what to say to you, Lieutenant Erbacher. Really, I don't know how to thank you. No need to, Miss Moran. This is part of our job. Very happy for it, I admit. And we can return to people with things we've lost. Well, there's only one thing I have to say, Molly. Well, what is it, Chris? I'm sorry I ever apologized to that guy, Reuben. I knew he had my pin all the time. Jules Reuben went on trial in the United States court, as most of his crimes were committed upon the high seas. And on October 8th, 1934, he was sentenced to serve two years on the charge of theft committed on an interstate passenger train. An additional two-year suspended sentence was imposed for the theft of Miss Moran's boat while on board the Honolulu bound steamer. Thank you, Chief Davis. This was one calling all cars program without stops and screams and sirens and speeding police cars. But there are very few communities where you cannot hear right now the shriek of the sirens as ambulances and fire engines speed to the rescue. Or police cars pursue some law breaker. More of these cars are using Rio Grande cracked gasoline than any other gun. And Rio Grande was chosen because it gives better performance in emergency. For you thousands of motorists who now have your tanks full of Rio Grande cracked gasoline, police car performance means safer driving. You always have the power and speed to snatch your car out of danger in traffic emergency. Drive carefully so you won't need the help of police, but can enjoy police car performance in your own car.